Today on the show, we are talking about the importance of pursuing your passion. Welcome to the Simple Money Solutions podcast, where we focus on money from a Canadian perspective. This podcast produced weekly and released every Monday. Show notes for every episode can be found at livelifesimple.ca. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, I'm your host Courtney and joining me today is my co-host Trevor. And as mentioned in the introduction, today we are talking about the importance of pursuing your passion. So Trevor, let's uh, let's go over the main topics that we hope to touch on during this episode. Sounds good. So uh, in this episode, we're going to touch on education, career, and income, and then the long-term impact of all of those things combined. I think that's a pr- that's a pretty good spectrum. So I think we should, we should start we should start out start out with what some what passion is. How would you define a passion? I would say something that you would devote all your time to and never get tired of it. Something you could really work at your whole life and never be bored. How would you define it, Trevor? Uh, I would agree with that, but I'd also say it's probably never work. Although a lot of effort is required, you would never define it as work. Yeah, I like that. I like that definition. So... I want to touch on, and I know this has been your philosophy in the past, and I, I do want to talk to our listeners about how you changed your philosophy from what it was in probably maybe 15 years ago to what it is today. So, and this probably has to go with your parents' generation as well um, and their mentality, so you can talk a little bit about that. But I know you've come full circle from, well, okay, listeners will uh, highlight Trevor's what Trevor's uh, previous philosophy was, and it was take what you like to do, throw it away, and pick something you can make money at. Yeah, that that was that was pretty much it, and that was really a generational mindset. So lots change, and what 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 in your mind, or I, I guess this will be a long kind of breakdown, but what in your mind has really changed your mindset on it? Well, one thing is the internet has provided a wealth of information to people. With that information comes. Uh, endless possibility of options and opportunities that one may have not thought of existed. Before, we had, used to have to go to the library and open an encyclopedia to, to you really delve into ideas. All the jobs we knew of were, were advertised in the newspaper, but now you can go on the internet and find out people do all sorts of things to make a living. But, like, let's go back to... I don't think you have to go to the library to find out what your passion is, though. No, but, I mean, if you wanted to seek information on a topic... Back in the day, all you had available to you was books in a library. My equivalent of old school internet is an encyclopedia. True, true. There wasn't because now you go into a deed or uh, work office and you search, you search um, finance, and a wealth of jobs pop up. It's not your accountant or financial advisor. Yeah, no, and also you can you type in a word like nutritionist, jobs in that field come up that you never even thought existed. That, that you could actually make a living at and lo and behold they're searching for people to fill these positions where 25 30 years ago all you knew about jobs that were available for people was what you'd find in the newspaper but also you what would you say trevor would you say that i mean with the world war one world war two the, the industrial era back the beginning of the 1900s i'm sure job creation has has rolled with the market and ruled with the technologies that have been unleashed. Well, that, if you go back that far, those people were really focused on survival. 
they didn't have the luxuries of pursuing passions back then. It was all about getting food on the table. But but from a job in an increase in job variety with with uh, the wars, you had a whole influx of jobs that needed to be filled. So and those jobs wouldn't have been imagined before the war. You need a mechanic for a tank like yes. before that job wouldn't have been available. True, true. Yeah, that, that did. Some jobs did dawn from that. So I, I guess I guess my point about that is I think jobs definitely evolve um, as the times change and as jobs are needed because look you look today back to your nutrition ex- example, there is such a focus on the health watch today and so jobs we, those jobs are being created. Yeah, no, and and something like that didn't exist 25, 30 years ago. The focus just wasn't there. So it, the job market evolves, uh, and we're focused on the job market in that we keep talking about jobs is. That's the alternative to pursuing a passion. Right, right. Um, so we'll go back to pursuing a passion again. But so why why do you think it is so important that our listeners and everyone out there pursues their passion rather than a job that will just deliver an income? Well, for people that work, this isn't new information. The amount of time you spend at your job is just unimaginable. If someone would have told me when I was 12 years old, you're going to spend more time at work than you spend doing anything else. I, I, you could tell somebody that a hundred times, but you have to live it. So if you're going to spend your most of your life working, it, it might as well be something that you really are passionate about, something you enjoy, something that doesn't feel like work. I think my mindset was, you know, earn a living, uh, find a job where you can earn a living, to sustain a, a, a lifestyle you have imagined and retire as soon as you can within 30 years of working or sooner. I think if you pursue a passion, the concept of retiring is never on the horizon because if you're so passionate about what you're doing, you never think about retiring. So you can afford to earn a lower wage because you're, what you're doing, you'll be able to do for a lot longer. You're focused on the today. You're not focused on tomorrow or down the road. Yeah. You're much more present and, and happier while you're in it. Because if you're always focused on retire at 60, give, uh, 60 is going to be our number, then you're always looking forward to 60 and you're not enjoying the here and now. Yeah. No, I, you know, I just think back. I, I remember watching a YouTube video about a, a country singer. And I'm not a huge country music fan, but this guy was Zach Brown. And they did a concert. And at the end of the concert, all the members of the band sat on the edge of the stage and they took questions from the audience. And one of the, when a young girl put up her hand and said, uh, what advice do you give to an up, you know, someone who's trying to break into the music industry? And the first thing he said, and it had nothing to do with music, he said, never get a credit card. And I thought, what does that have to do with music? And he said, if you don't get a credit card, you'll never be in debt. You'll never have to find a job to, to service that debt you'll be able to afford to do whatever it is you're passionate about. So so living within your means, living within the means that your income delivers. Actually, if you're interested in pursuing a passion, I think I would advise you to live below your means. Uh, because if an opportunity came up that was more uh, dialed into your passion, but it happened to d- pay uh, less money, you could take that opportunity. You wouldn't have to pass it by. You never want to be in a position where you have to find an income to support your current lifestyle. 
So how do you how do you go about doing that then? Like how do you ensure that your lifestyle can be supported by the income? Well, what most people do is they they you know they're in school, they imagine a lifestyle. They're in university, they imagine this lifestyle, and as soon as they graduate, they start acquiring all the assets that they've imagined in that lifestyle. You know, a brand new car, a house, all sorts of furniture. A lot of the stuff's acquired on, on on credit. So now they have to go find a job to sustain that. I'll give you an example. When I graduated from college, I, I was so anxious to get my first new car. I went and bought a brand new car. So I got a, I got a job right out of school, got this brand new car. And about six months in, I just I, I couldn't believe how much I hated that job. I, I said, is this, a, I, I can't stand this place. The people I worked with were horrible. Uh, the job demanded a lot of long hours. And I was I was just stuck, and so I started looking for other jobs. And the f the most important thing was finding a job that covered my debts, that primarily my rent and that car payment. So I wasn't searching for a job I liked. I was searching for a job that was different, that could support uh, the debt I had acquired. And to me, if if you can. If your focus is finding a job that you're passionate about, that you'd be really, you know, you you couldn't wait to go to work the next day, that kind of job, money aside, who wouldn't sign up for that? I, no one wouldn't. Everyone would. Um, so, so you, so Trevor, it's by the sounds of it, then you didn't follow the advice you're giving now to our listeners. No, and I didn't because that was a generational thing. Um, we were. We were programmed to to try to live the lifestyle of our parents, and aspire to that. And if you didn't, you were a failure. So that generation was all about asset acquisition, and uh, and as quickly as possible. So I spent my entire life seeking out jobs that would support my lifestyle, not um, not seeking jobs that I that I was passionate about. And I think definitely you even see the shift in minimalism with that shift that it's all about having less and being happy with less. And I think I think that's really powerful. Well, I want to stop you there. Minimalism isn't about having less. It's about intentionally choosing the things that add meaning to your life. So it's definitely not less. It's just with intention. And definitely. So, so when you're deciding whether uh, a BMW is going to add meaning to your life as opposed to transportation adding meaning to your life. That's kind of a, a, the way a minimus would, would approach that decision. So um, let's go back to education. How, I guess, how would our listeners, uh, I'm just thinking out loud here, but how are listeners go about achieving an education that would allow them to pursue their passion? Well, my, my uh, advice when I was graduating from high school, uh, contemplating uh, post-secondary education, was discard your dreams and focus on something you can tolerate, that's the key word, tolerate, and earn a decent living at. Now that doesn't sound like uh, something to aspire to. No, not really. But, but that was the advice we were given. And, and that, that, that is the, the road I pursued. I went into finance. And uh, it's been a pretty tough 25 years. So, but today I would suggest people Find something you're extremely passionate about and pursue that. And you will you will work so hard at it. You will work so passionately at it. You will put so much heart and soul into it that, believe it or not, money will find you. 
opportunity will find you. So if you go into it seeking money, you, you, may, you may find money, but it won't come easy. If you go into it wanting to genuinely pour your heart and soul into it and do a fabulous job, be the best person there is at that particular profession, money will always find you, always. So I'm going to branch off that with my own example. I started off university in uh, commerce, a commerce degree, because I want to get into the business world. A business world you can be successful in, it's, it's a stereotypical line of work. So I started off in commerce. I was miserably unhappy. I'm not, I'm not the biggest math person, so I was kind of unhappy um, pursuing that. And, and, but I still wanted to get into the business world at that point. So I pushed and pushed, and I was miserable. I was not happy. So it, I'd actually, I took a step back and really, really evaluated how I could do something that made me happy. So I ended, I landed then in communications, minoring in business. So that was kind of, I was on the road to doing something that made me more happy, that made me enjoy university because it's all about living in in the moment and really enjoying every day. Kind of back to what Trevor was saying. So, um, so that's what I'm pursuing. And now, um, by really digging deep and cultivating my passion and really understanding what what made me excited what made me ex- really really want to work at and recently it's actually a recent discover it's discovery is um uh holistic nutrition and it, there's definitely it's definitely something nutrition in general and health is something that really has always excited me and i've always shied away from it and um in post-secondary because i'm not a math person i'm not a science person but because back to what Trevor was saying, because there is so much new opportunity out there that you can and are able to pursue your passion. So this goes all the way back to education and that at the end of the day, you can always manage to get to your passion, even if you take an unconventional path. There's always some way, somehow, you're passionate enough about it that you will get there somehow. No, I agree. And one thing I just noted in what you were saying was the uh, how you how you got to that end goal that 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 pursuing a that nutrition goal wasn't a direct road and for a lot for a lot of people it's not going to be passions very rarely is somebody wake up and say I know what my passion is passions are something that are cultivated over time through life experiences and uh, life will take you in different directions and you'll be exposed to different things, and a passion will be cultivated. A lot of people think they're born with a passion, or they're gonna wake up one day, and the pa- their passion will appear. But that isn't how it evolved for me, and it isn't how it evolved for you. And I, I gotta think, there's a few people who are born to be an artist, and they just, they've been drawing since they were five years old, and they just, you know, they can't stop doing it. I think they're the rare individuals. But I don't think it even has to go with something as uh, fine art. I mean, it can be, oh, no. it can yeah. be anything. Yeah, yeah. But, but my point is, it, it, it's quite often in people I've talked to, things I've read on the, uh, on the topic, it is not a direct path. It is a, a chance meeting, uh, a series of circumstances, and something will present itself, and it will be cultivated into a passion. And I think that's why you really can't, as much as we try, we can't, you can't plan your future. You can't plan the path you're going to take because one 
opportunity may in fact tumble into another opportunity and which leads to your passion. But you know, to your point, that that's very true, but you need to do something. You can't just sit and wait for something to happen. Oh no, no. You need to move forward all the time in, in a direction. And when opportunity presents itself and moves you in a different direction, don't be afraid to take it. That's, that's a great piece of advice, Trevor. Yeah. Um, so we're going to back to career. Are you happy? Are you happy in your career despite it not being following your passion? You know, uh, it's been a, an up and down, uh, road. I'm a, I'm in the world of corporate finance. Um, it can be thankless at times. Uh, what I've done is, uh, due to financial commitments, I, I, I can't pursue my passion at the moment but uh, I plan to pursue it when those commitments are met. But I, I, I've turned into what I call an entrepreneur as, as opposed to an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is somebody who sees an opportunity within an organization and pursues it and creates uh, a job out of it. And so uh, I'm kind of working as a system analyst, solving problems, technical problems. And I find that very engaging. And when I spend a day doing that at work, the day just blows by. I, I can't believe it's the end of the day. But when I'm in the grind of day-to-day finance work, uh, it can be a long day. So so w- within a profession, I have found a niche that I get opportunities to work at that I am passionate about. I want to highlight two points you said. The first one was that... It, like when when did you find your passion? Because it sounds like it was just recently. Well, I, not really. I'd say in the last um, fifteen years, uh, I've been sort of going at it this way, and uh, it turns out my employer is uh, quite excited whenever I do take on one of these projects of being an entrepreneur and and solving problems. Uh, I, I I find uh, it it presented itself. And I saw it as an obstacle and resisted it for many, for a few years. And then I decided, you know what, that's an opportunity and I'm going to latch onto that. And, uh, that's kind of what keeps me going at work really. So my second point was what you just touched on again, is that you really do can, you do, and others can make the best of the situation they're in, regardless if it's not their true passion. Yes, absolutely. You can make the best of a bad situation, uh, you know, I'll call it a, a mini passion. It's really not a passion, but it's a it's a little niche passion that that I find interesting and opportunistic. And I think back to the pre- previous point you made, you can't you can't expect to like wake up like you said and find it. But like like you said again, just just stepping out into the professional environment, it's so important to take that volunteering opportunity, take that job you don't think you'll enjoy because you'll meet people who will have different experiences, who will enlighten you with their experiences, who could lead you to a different experience. Yeah. You know, volunteering is a key. You, you get into a network of people um, and, and one person leads to another person and it is amazing the exposure you get uh, that you wouldn't get at a traditional job uh, you get into a volunteering opportunity and you meet a whole host of people from various backgrounds. Uh, and those people in volunteering circles tend to be more open and communicating. 
and they're there because they want to be they're all passionate about yeah, the same cause exactly yeah so i think that's a really good um my son got a an employment opportunity uh a summer job uh from volunteering and my court i know you did too you 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 volunteered at a recreational uh kayaking club and and a summer job spawn out of that Definitely. And I think people, employers notice that, notice that you're willing to really put yourself and immerse yourself in the work. So, and it will pay off. It, they'll notice how passionate you are about being there. And you, you're more likely to get accepted as a volunteer uh, in more, in a greater variety of settings than you are to change employment that often. So by volunteering, you're, you're just networking and exposing yourself to way more people than you ever would in an employment setting. If you change jobs that often, eventually people would stop hiring you because you look like an unstable employee. But by volunteering, you're just going to get uh, your exposure. You know, if you could volunteer seasonally for different organizations and you just get ex exposed and networked with people and it, it just multiplies. I want to touch on the word networking use. I know in school it is push, network, network, network. You can never do enough networking. But... I, I think it's important to take on unconventional and untraditional forms of networking. I mean, in the business community, they are pushing you towards networking events where employers are there. So that is so important to a go-to, but I think it's important to make networking connections through volunteering, through reaching out to a professional in the field you might be interested. Ask if you can shadow them. I think I think we need to get more creative and there's such a value in getting more creative in networking and, and networking with people who you believe are already pursuing your passion so you can kind of cultivate and create a mentor relationship well it also might help you uh you might think that's an area you want to pursue and if you meant you you shadowed them or worked with them or volunteered with them you might discover there's a real downside to that that you had no idea and you could save yourself a, a whole years of educating yourself to go down that road only to find out there's an aspect of it you just can't stand so uh, it's almost like a test drive Oh, definitely. And it, and with all the, uh, I think volunteering, I'm not sure, is uh, volunteering, I think today is becoming such a more common thing to do. I mean, was there much volunteering going on back no. when you were young? Well, now it's a high school requirement. Back when I was in high school, uh, volunteering was just, it, it just didn't happen. I mean, it, people belong to organizations uh, f for themselves, like a, a, a baseball team, uh, you know, sports teams. Uh, scouts and stuff uh, parents would volunteer to help their kids but I mean as far as kids volunteering uh, unheard of at least anybody I knew when I was a kid it just didn't happen now high school requirement it's it, it's it's a very huge focus and I think the community as a whole really benefits from it and the, the kids do they don't realize it but they are benefiting from it definitely so let's just walk through a couple um, age categories and a couple scenarios about how people can, how our listeners out there can start maybe pursuing their passion or really moving towards the direction of pursuing their passion. So we'll start out with the the post-secondary student. Let's walk, let's walk our listeners through, if that's one of our listeners out there, let's walk them through how they can pursue their passion, find their passion, cultivate their passion, and able able to put themselves in a situation where they can pursue that well if they in fact know what they're passionate about before they start post-secondary or they think they know that's the most ideal situation and i say understand the income that particular profession is going to deliver and be sure that you're willing to accept the lifestyle 
that that income can support. So that that's number one. Uh, if you're a, a, a starving artist, uh, and literally a starving artist, it, that may not be a road you want to go down. You know, you, you may be a more materialistic person, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Just material possessions might mean a lot to you, and that's not an income you're willing to accept. So you need to alter your what you think you're passionate about to combine that with a little more income. Um, and then, so let's move on to maybe the the professional who is already in in their career, and discovering that they've they've also have they have a family, they've acquired a, they have a car, a house, and a little bit of debt. What's what's your advice for that person? So for that group, um, you're kind of I'll call you stuck. You know, you you've got some commitments you have to meet. Uh, my suggestion is what I call a side hustle, and that's where you start cultivating an, a, a side hobby. Obviously, if you got young kids, it's going to limit the amount of time you can dedicate to it. But you got to start somewhere. So, I, I'm suggesting a side hustle is is the way to sort of meet that need at that particular time in your life. Something to keep you going and motivated and focused and yeah. happy. Um, so let's fast forward to the long term impact of pursuing your passion. So the long term impact really is um, it's a trade off between happiness and income uh, generally uh, the typical line of work that people are passionate about it, it generally doesn't pay as much as 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 jobs that people would be less passionate about and I'll give you an example in in corporate finance there's very few people that are passionate about it, that I work with but but they do exist and they're passionate to a point I mean all of them would rather be somewhere else you get that feeling, you know, so, and then I, I look at people in, say, in uh, more of an artistic endeavor, those people tend to, um, you can just tell by talking to them, their enthusiasm, uh, the, I know from looking at various job sites and stuff, they don't, they don't pay great, unless you're uh, an exceptional star who got a, a break in the business. I'll use the arts as an example. Um, I know there's a, a lot of people in music, they will pursue performing and, and to a point and then they'll, they'll go to teaching. So teaching music, uh, it's still an opportunity to be passionate about it, pass on knowledge. You're still working with an instrument day in and day out, so it, it doesn't seem like work if, if music's your passion. But teaching music generally doesn't pay great. But but it, it's, you're still working in something you're passionate about. It probably doesn't feel much like work. So the chances are you could do that for a lot long, uh, more years. So you might work till you're 70 in your passionate field. But if you're working in something that you, you're tolerating, I mean, you're going to struggle to put in 30 years. You might stop short and only work 25 years. Uh, you'll make a lot more money in those 25 years than that, say, music teacher made over 40 years. But the music teacher won't feel like they're going to work every day. Definitely. I want to touch on the extremes between the corporate finance job and the starving artist job are very zero to 100. Where, and we want our listeners to understand that there is a middle ground that you can make money. You, can make, you don't have to be a starving artist, but you don't have to be slugging out in a job you don't like. Yeah, it's, those, are, those are hard to find, those, uh, those 
I believe they exist, but it's it's circumstance. It's it's with the right organization, uh, in the right setting. Um, I haven't found one. But but we're encouraging our listeners right now to pursue their passion. Absolutely, yeah. But I, I think this is more. Um, so I'm saying this advice for somebody starting out, or somebody finishing off. So if you're near you know, the end of your working career, you're 55, you're thinking of retiring. So I might say, you know, sod off at 55 and, and take a job making less money. That's something you're passionate about. And if you're just starting out and you haven't acquired a whole bunch of debt and a whole bunch of financial obligations, uh, take a left turn and pursue your passion, you know. But if you're in the middle there, if you've already stepped into that world, you've already got these obligations financially that you have to meet, uh, it's pretty, most people just can't turn that off. You know, you're pretty much, you're in it. Yeah, and you have to keep, you have to stay in it. So so I guess, so I guess there is that middle ground of making enough money to support yourself before you're in the thick of the con, the consumer debt that you have. Is, what, is that what you're saying? Yeah, if, if people, I hope the people in the podcast are, you know, 20 to 25 and they're they're tuning in and they're um, they're contemplating uh, you know an educational path or they're contemplating an employment opportunity they 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 have not yet acquired a sixty three thousand dollar pickup truck that they're gonna be paying for, for the next eight years you know I'm hoping that they've tuned in and they're rethinking their path definitely a time for reflection to to consider what's really important is pursuing your passion important or is affording is affording possessions and one's not bad one's not bad over the other it's oh, no. just whatever's important to yeah, you yeah yeah i'm not judging uh like i say some people and the word materialistic is has a real negative tone to it and i don't mean it in a negative way i like material possessions certain material possessions as well um I just know I can't have them all. I pick and choose the ones that are important to me. I call that minimalism. Uh, so, but it, if a $63,000 pickup truck is important to you, it's probably more important than pursuing your passion. Definitely, and that's, that's a really good point. So overall, the point Trevor and I really wanna drive home is by pursuing your passion, you're pursuing happiness. You're pursuing a life that will be fulfilled and rich and will make you excited about getting into bed every day because that's what we're all searching for. We're all searching for a world where, where we get excited when we enter the workplace. We get excited when we can do what drives us, what really puts a spark in our day. And I think that's just what we're all searching for. Yeah, absolutely. The, and the trade-off is unfortunately is, is money. 90% it, 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 of the time the trade-off is money. There's the rare individual that can hit their passion and make a ton of money at it, but generally, if you're going to pursue a passion, you're going to sacrifice money. And I, I look at it this way. If there's people lining up for an opportunity to do a particular type of work, chances are they're not, you know, there, there's a oversupply of workers. That means they can lower the price of what they're going to pay. You find jobs that are very uh, challenging to do and very draining and uh, have a lot of burnout. There's typically not a lineup for those jobs, even though they pay well. They have to pay well to lure people into them. 
and you noted challenging. I think pursuing your passion is not something that's easy. It's not something that's going to come easy. Yeah, no, you're right, 100%. Uh, but it'll be worthwhile. Yeah, it's challenging, but in a very, in a very good way. Rewarding. Yeah. Rewarding. Yeah. Well, Trevor, as we end this episode, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners and enlighten them with? You know, I just, if I had to sum this up in, in sort of one sentence is pursue your passion, but be willing to accept the lifestyle that passion delivers. Well said, Trevor. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to check out the show notes at livelifesimple.ca. Please give this show a rating on iTunes as it helps us get noticed. And please leave your comments about the show or this episode on iTunes, on our Facebook page, on our blog, or on Twitter as well. So until next week, keep it simple.